Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. Let your word shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you can. Stand if you cannot. I'll be standing for the next little bit. Praise the Lord. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. We'll read there in just a minute. Thank you, Jamie. We'll read there in just a minute. But I wanted to just kind of kind of lay out a little bit about what we're getting into. For throughout the month of January, at least most of the month of January, I'm going to be teaching on uh, uh, going deeper in God. But if you're going to go deeper in God, some things are, are obvious and some things are, are uh, you just got to go to the Word and, and you got to realize whatever the Word says, that's what you, that's what you do, okay? You don't, you don't argue with the Bible. You, you, you reason together that the, that the Bible is correct. Does this make sense? The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, if you tell your kid to, to, to clean their room and you go upstairs and they didn't do it, like, you don't want them, and they're like, you know what, I'm so sorry. You know what, mom, here, here's five bucks. Their sacrificial five bucks is not more important to you than the obedience of them cleaning their room. Does this make sense? So when it comes to God, it's the same thing. Now, I like to do a lot of different things. My, my family, we have a lot of different hobbies. One of my favorite things to do is go to the mountains. I love going to mountains. There's a place in Colorado called Creed, Colorado. Matter of fact, I have some cousins right here on the front row. They love Creed, Colorado. They got to have they, they 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 they've been up there a hundred million times, and uh, we've ridden motorcycles and four wheelers, and we've just had a blast up there. It's a it's an old mining town in Colorado, and it it goes into these two different cliffs that kind of come together in a V. And when you stand in the center of the street, the cliffs are on both sides. The little old uh, uh, buildings are there. It, it's a beautiful scenario. You can get on your your four wheeler or your ATV, and you can. Can ride right down through the middle of town. You can ride through the middle of town and then get on a trail that'll take you all the way up to some of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in your life. And there's one particular place I, I like to go up there. And, uh, I had a real encounter with God there. Matter of fact, uh, my father and I, we, we took a bunch of guys several years ago up there. We hauled all these trailers and machines and we went all the way up to Colorado and it was probably 20 or 25 of us. And we just had an incredible encounter with God in this one particular place. So uh, I know every place is, is different, but this place has kind of a, a special place in my heart. And when what, what, what happens is you get to this area and you, you kind of stage, right? Right? You, you stage all the vehicles there. So you get your, your ATVs or whatever you're riding and you get them off the trailers and you make sure that you have, you make sure that you have all the food that you might need for the day because there's no restaurants between here and there. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of nice actually. There's even places where there's no cell phone service. So you drive up there, you, 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 it's kind of a long way and, and depending on what you're planning on doing, you, you probably want to bring some extra fuel as well, so, uh, some extra gasoline for your machines. And on your way up there, you, you're driving and it's almost like a road to start with. And, and the road kind of goes like this. It goes up and then when you start gaining elevation, it'll like turn back almost like right back on itself. They call those switchbacks. 
And so you'll go and then it'll look like you're going a different direction, but you're not going a different direction. You're just wisely gaining altitude instead of trying to act like you can do it all in one jump. So you go up this road and you switch back, switch back. And there's this one place I really like up there. And they have what they call a high water lake. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, it's probably, or I don't know, it's what you were thinking. But what I was thinking, I was like, why do they call it a high water lake? Is there like drugs in the water? What does that mean? It has nothing to do with drugs. It's just the water, the, the, the lake is at a high elevation. And you, you ride your machine up there and there's all these beautiful trees and bushes. And uh, if you go at the right time of the year, even in like July, there'll be snow all around the lake. And, 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 and in the lake, it's crystal clear water. Like it, it looks just like the Brazos River. It's, it's just beautiful. But in this water, this crystal clear water, there, there's all these trout and they have these, these just radical, beautiful colors on them. And it's a lot of fun. But after you've had your time there at the lake, you'll probably get back on the trail and you start going up again. And the, the trail's really good. And if you're not paying attention, you'll miss something. Down at the bottom, there was all kind of different trees. Matter of fact, almost any tree will grow there. But as you start gaining elevation, the trees that were at the bottom of the mountain start to thin out. And then you run to an area where they only probably have or mostly have what they call aspen trees, a tree that is known to grow at high altitudes. And if you're not paying attention, you'll miss the transition from one type of tree to another type of tree. But if you keep going up, you'll find out that even the aspens don't grow at a certain elevation. Sooner or later, you'll look. And there might be one tree here, one tree there, maybe a bush every now and then. But before you know it, the only real vegetation you'll see is some moss or something growing on one side of a rock. Maybe some sprigs of grass here and there. But but you'll look around and realize what could handle the bottom of the mountain can't handle the top of the mountain. Now, that trail at the bottom, it's a lot of fun. Matter of fact, you can go real fast. But that last quarter mile or so to get where we really like to go, it's rocks as big as that speaker and some bigger. All of them made jagged by the rugged wind over time, the thousands of years that that rock has been sitting there. The whole trail is is nothing but rocks. And if you're not careful, you'll mess your machine up in the last quarter mile. And you sit and look at that rock, you say, why is this rock here and there's no rocks at the bottom? Well, one has to do with just geology, but the other is where everybody else can go, people will move the rock out of the way for you. But the places that only you can go, there's going to be some obstacles that you can't rely on somebody else to move out of your way. So we get all the way up to the top and if you're not careful what, you know, you brought your cooler with your lunch in it and your bottles of water and, and, and all the different things happen because you gotta have bottles of water. I'll tell you why you gotta have bottles of water because the weather up there is not like Texas. See, Texas will just give you a hug as soon as you get out of your house. It's called humidity. <laughs> up there, there's very little humidity. In other words, the environment itself is pulling the water out of your body. And you usually don't recognize it until it's too late. And then you're dehydrated and you have to work on getting hydrated. Jake here has a master's in in all kind of... He's got a master's in... in, in, What's it called, Jake? He's got a master's, praise the Lord. (laughs) 
He knows a lot about fitness and he's got a great fitness business and he just does a lot of good. But but one of the things that's interesting about hydration, and Jake, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's a lot easier to stay hydrated than it is to get hydrated. So the plan is to not get dehydrated. When the entire environment is trying to pull the water out of you, you got to keep putting the water in. See, the water of the word of the living God is supposed to be being put on the inside of your system consistently because you don't recognize how much is getting pulled out of you every single day. Come on, give God a hand of praise this morning if you're ready to go deeper. Somebody say go deeper. So here, here's point number one. Number one, to go deeper... In God, listen to this, you've got to go higher. God hasn't changed. God's not going to change. God's not going to change tomorrow. The scripture says, come out from among them and be separate. You can't roll in the mud with the pigs and live in the father's house. There has to be an element in you where you decide that you're going to go to that higher place in God. The scripture says in Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, we're compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. Then he says this, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience. Somebody say patience. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us. First off, when, when you get going to certain places and there's a trail that you can take, but if you want to do a shortcut, you can go straight up the side of that thing if you want to, but you better have taken some of the stuff off of your machine because there's certain things and certain areas you can only go if you drop the weight you have carried all along. There's a difference between sin and weight. Sin should be repented of. It should be turned from. Just as fast as you can run from it, you should run from it. But the thing that that, that stops, stumps, and st- and causes Christians to stumble the most is not sin. Most of the time, it's some weight that you've refused to let go of. It's some idea. It's some maybe, maybe this week you should spend a little time deciding, trying to do a little inventory of your life. What is the weight that is holding me back? What is the weight that is stopping me from running? Notice it says, "Run your race." Somebody say, "Run." You can, you, I, I, I like, I like, I like deer hunting. I, I like, I like shooting the deer. I like sticking their head on the wall. If you don't like shooting deer and you're against hunting, you don't have to kill any of them, but I sure like doing it. Praise the Lord. And what happens is, is we feed these deer and we give them the right minerals and all these things to, to help with their hygiene and all the other stuff that you can do. And, and a lot of times we're carrying, uh, these 50 pound bags of feed or 50 pound bags of corn. And you can even sometimes get two of them. So you got a hundred pounds and I can walk with that hundred pounds on my shoulders. But I promise you, I'm not running with it. It's not that I'm incapable of moving. It's that I'm incapable of reaching my full potential. It's not that I'm incapable of taking another step. See, the problem with the world is the world doesn't put a value on the fact that you're running. The world only puts a value on the fact that you can keep moving whenever you're weighted down with stuff you were never supposed to carry. The world looks at it and said, whoa, man, think of every funeral you ever heard. They say, yeah, boy, I tell you what, nobody knew all the hell they were going through. They just kept right on moving. Well, my question is this, why are they carrying all that hell when Jesus is the one that says, you can cast your cares upon me because I care for you. There's a shift that has to come in the body of Christ where we realize we're going to have to go higher. And if we're going to go higher, we're going to have to leave some stuff at the base camp that's not going to make it to the summit. 
It's not all about sin. Sin is the thing that will send your soul to hell. If all we do is preach about sin, then every Sunday morning is just an Easter service and you got a bunch of Christians that are about two inches deep and they don't have any power and they can't pray a sickness off anybody. They can't pray a demon out of anybody's house and they're sitting there wondering why God's not moving their life. The reason God's not moving their life is because they're running around with all this weight on them they were never supposed to carry. If we're going to go deeper in the things of God, we're going to have to go higher. Somebody say go higher. Number two, everybody say number two. Boy, we're moving quick this morning, Jake. Number two. Only got three points for you. Number two. Stay focused. Somebody say stay focused. Everything and its dog are competing for your attention. Everything is competing for your attention. But you've got to stay focused. Matthew chapter 14. Turn there quickly if you can. Matthew chapter 14. Beginning in verse 28. This is when Jesus is walking on the water. And the disciples look. And they're all scared because they see a man walking on the water. And then Jesus says, don't be scared guys. It's me. And the Bible says in verse 28. Peter answered him. To the Lord. Answered Jesus and says, if it is you. Bid me to come unto you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, somebody say wind. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and he was beginning to sink. And he cried out to the Lord saying, save me. That word boisterous just means strong or or obvious. So, So Peter and the disciples are in the boat. Now, Peter's a commercial fisherman, so he knows exactly what to do in a boat if there's a storm raging, you don't get out of it. But he looks and he sees Jesus out there and he says, Jesus, they were all terrified. Jesus said, hey, guys, it's me. And Jesus said, hey, 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 it's me, guys. And Peter says, well, if it's you, let me come out there. And Jesus said, well, come on out here then. And Peter throws his leg over the side of the boat and he begins to walk on the same water that Jesus is walking on. Until something happened, the Bible says that he began to see the wind. Now, now I'm not a meteorologist, and I'm just going to tell you that if I was a meteorologist, I could have done better than I did last night. But I'm not a meteorologist, but I know this. It says he saw the wind. You can't see wind. You can see the effect of wind. You can see a leaf rustling. You can see a limb shaking violently or barely moving in a breeze. You can see a flag pointing in a direction to know which way the wind has come from. But you cannot see wind. The Bible says that he saw the wind and he began to be afraid and he cries out to Jesus, save me. And the Bible says uh, in, the, in, the coming, in the coming verses that Jesus reaches down and grabs him and pulls him out of the water again. But I want to point something out very quickly. Jesus didn't tell Peter to get out of the boat. Jesus just said he could. Jesus didn't walk up and say, Peter, come on, get out of the boat, man. Peter said, if it's you, let me get out of the boat. Did you know you can ask God to do something that he might allow you to do, but it's not your best? You got to stay focused To know not just what God can do. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ. That does not mean you should do all things every day. 
Without a little focus, you get nothing done. Most people underestimate, overestimate what they can do in a year, and they underestimate what they can do in three. It takes focus. It takes steadfast. That's why uh, the book of uh, Hebrews says that you're supposed to run your race, not just run your race, uh, but the Bible says you're supposed to run your race with patience. That word patience means with steadfast, consistency. One translation says constancy. In other words, you're constantly taking another step. Maybe it's a good day. I'm taking another step. Maybe it's a bad day. I'm taking another step. Maybe I wake up and I'm not back three different steps. I'm still taking another step because I've already decided that I'm going to run my race with a steadfastness because there's some things that I can do, but there's some things that God has called me to do. And if he's called me to do it, I cannot fail. It's not that the wind's not going to blow. It's that the wind doesn't have the final say in my life. But a lot of Christians are saying uh, because they had a little bit of success, they're considering it God. The first thing that happened when Jesus, when Peter started sinking is Jesus put him back in the boat. So many people get to a place where they got a little bit of movement and all of a sudden they want to take one step of faith on their own. And when they take that step of faith on their own, they think, oh man, this is working. And then they find out that the wind that you were protected from where you were how now has access to you. And instead of your prayer being, let me see the miraculous Jesus, let me come to you. Now the prayer is shifted from use me in a miracle to, oh God, save me again. And if you're praying, oh God, save me again, you're not praying, oh God, save them. I told you deeper. If you're spending all your time talking about God, save me, God, save me, God, save me, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. Who is not being prayed for because you're constantly having to pray for yourself? Christianity is not supposed to be, I screwed up today, I'll screw up tomorrow, I'll screw up Wednesday, I'll screw up Thursday, I'll screw up Saturday, I'll pray God to forgive me on Sunday, I'll screw up Monday. That's not Christianity at all. Christianity is for you to lay aside every weight that has so easily beset, that that slows you down and the sin that has beset you. If he hadn't looked at the wind... He would have just danced with Jesus on the wave. See, see, I'm reminded of the wind because I, there's only been about three times in my life where I've really been angry. I thought there was more than that until righteous anger came over me. The first time that I remembered, I had $30,000 that was being stolen from me. It was a contractual deal. I saw it happening. It was playing out. And I knew it was demonic. And I remember being in my vehicle and I was screaming at the devil. I said, I said, you may get this money. But before God, you'll have to pay it back $210,000. That's sevenfold for those of you who are doing math. The Bible says anything stolen from you, you have a legal right to sevenfold. So there's a place you can get in God where you know your legal rights and the devil stops stealing from you because you're too expensive to steal from. So I'm sitting there telling the devil, you may get it, but I'm telling you, you're going to pay me $210,000. That's the way it's going to happen. That's the way it's going to be. You're under my feet. Jesus gave me his name to use. You're nothing but a thug running around trying to do stuff. You act like a lion, but my king is a lion. You got nothing on me, and you're going to give it back if you take it. In less than 24 hours, that thing completely turned around, and the $30,000 was given to us. I was so angry, I lost my voice screaming. I, I don't remember ever being that righteously angered before. In hindsight, I can look. 
That was part of the money we used as a seed to start New Heights Church. The enemy was trying to derail the whole thing. The second time that I remember being that angry, or one of the other times, it was three times I've been that angry. One of the other times that I remember being that angry is one of my very best friends. He called me, and him and his wife were pregnant. And the doctor told him that your wife and your baby, your wife has a rare condition, your baby's going to die. I was so angry because I knew they wanted that baby. I knew God had spoken to him about that baby. And I started just fuming. I was so angry. He was screaming too. I was glad because, you know, I, when you're screaming and you're mad, you want somebody to be mad with you, not mad at you. Praise the Lord. So I get off the phone and I'm just screaming. And I mean, for weeks I was so angry. I, could, I couldn't barely think. All I could think is, don't you dare touch that baby. Don't you dare touch that woman. These are faithful people. They love God. They are called according to His purpose. You have no legal right. Is she here right now? She was first service. How old is she? She's two years old right now, by the way. The third time I remember being that angry, I'm reminded because of the wind. There was a... There was a storm here a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago. You may remember it on the east side of College Station. A tornado came through, and it just tore up that whole area over there by Boonville, Boonville Road, 1179. Well, we lived off of 1179 at that time, way out in the country. And the the rain was blowing sideways, and the storm kind of came up fast, and it was just destructive and everybody was doing the same thing that could get any cell service they were watching the radar and I was looking and that thing was going towards my house and I wasn't home and I got in my vehicle and I'm calling Crystal said baby that thing's going towards the house she said I know my phone keeps going off with all the 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 warnings that the, the tornado's imminent I said, well, get, you know, in a closet or, you know, get in a bathroom or something. I don't know. And I'm driving and I'm driving as fast as I could drive and and see, but you really couldn't see. And as I started getting closer to the house, I got where I could see in the field next to me. And I see the tornado coming towards my house. You guys remember this tornado? It wasn't that long ago. It's coming towards my house and I am foaming at the mouth angry. I said, you get back in the sky. You've got no legal right. I said, don't you touch one of my fence posts. Get back in the sky. Get back up there. You stop right now, but you don't come near my house. A thousand will fall at one side and ten thousand at the other. But you're not coming near my dwelling. I'm screaming. God is my witness. I watched the, the, the rain stop and that tornado suck back in the sky as if it was responding to a general. The reason I say that is because the devil is described of the, as the prince of the power of the air. If you don't want to deal with the demonic in your life, it's fine. Stay in the boat. But if you want to see a miracle, they don't happen in the boat. You're going to have to get out there. And when you get out there, you have to understand the enemy is going to respond. But that wind is still subject to the peace speaker. If you're going to go deeper in God this year, the first thing is you're going to have to go higher. The second is you're going to have to do what Peter did when he first got out. You're going to have to stay focused on him and not on the wind. 
Somebody say, stay focused. Number three, you're going to have to build your faith. Somebody say, build your faith. For the sake of time, I'll just read it. The scripture says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Listen to this. And hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Do you know what else? Everything the devil does is counterfeit. Doubt comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing everything else. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. One translation actually says the preached word of God. That's why whenever I was just reading cutely uh, out of Matthew right there, you were going, oh, that's good. But whenever I was declaring a thousand at one side and ten thousand at the other, but it won't come near my house, something on the inside of you is catching fire like it couldn't be put out. That's because faith comes whenever the word of God is proclaimed in your ears. That's why people that are considered wise in the Lord in the world are so confused by us because it is the foolishness of preaching that causes us to rise up in our inner man and we can do what we could not have done because the word of God is proclaimed. You got to build your faith. Somebody say build your faith. If you're going to build your faith, you got to you got to fuel up. You don't know when you're going to need your faith. I'll tell you what else you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta stay fueled up. I mean, you gotta refuel. If you run out of gas, it's not the car's fault. I've only run out of gas one time. I'll tell you what happened. We went down to Houston. This is back in 2020. And I got this old truck. I say it's old. It's a 2008. It's got 18 billion miles on it. I like driving it. It, it, the paint's chipping off of it. Crystal says it looks like a papaw car. I said, praise the Lord. I like driving it. So we were going down to Houston to buy some bicycles. Because we're going to take the kids and buy some bicycles. I hauled a trailer down there to buy some bicycles. We're, we're coming back. And we got all these bicycles in this trailer. And and I get, you know, just where I'm just about out of Houston. And all of a sudden, the light comes on and tells me to get gas. Well, I don't know about you guys. Uh, but... But I don't get gas just anywhere, particularly when I have the family with me. I'm pretty particular, Barrel, where, where I like to pull over and not pull over and all that. So we're driving, and Crystal said, oh, hun, did you see the light came on? I said, oh, babe, <laughs> yeah, we're fine. You don't have to worry about it. It's fine. Here's what I told her. I said, I've read the manual. Come on, how many of you guys ever read a manual? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, we wouldn't read a, a, a love story novel if our life depended on it. But you give us a new drill, we'll read that thing in Dutch, France, Spanish, and everything. Look at that, hon. You believe that? Torque wrench. How about that? Praise God. What are you going to do? I'm going to read my manual, my drill. Praise the Lord. Got me a screwdriver. Did it come with a manual? That's pretty nice. You stick it in, turn it. Oh, you want a solution? You turn it the other way. They'll think of everything, won't they? So I'm driving. Lights on. She goes, well, there looks like a nice gas station. I said, it's not Bucky's. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Bucky's is one of the greatest places on earth. 
It's a gas station the size of Walmart. Matter of fact, what you have scripturally is you have, uh, uh, you have the lower parts where, you know, the Bible says there's, there's a place called, called hell and there, there's also a, a lower part of the earth to the inner part of the earth where some demons are like locked up. And then you've kind of got earth, the part of earth where we live and you've got heaven and Bucky's is somewhere in between earth and heaven. I don't know where it is. Matter of fact, Bucky's, if you're looking for a sponsorship, if you'd like to endorse anybody, I'm available. As a matter of fact, we've drawn something up for you. So if you could just show them that. A place between heaven and earth. Oh my gosh, take it off of there quick. I don't want to stop at Bucky's. We're sitting there going. I said, baby, I got 70 miles when the light comes on. You ain't got to worry about it. You just sit back, relax. What I didn't account for was when you put that trailer on that truck, the back of the truck kind of squatted. And I guess all that fuel kind of went back to the back and it made it act like there was more gas than I actually had. Because we're rolling. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. I got the cruise control set. So we're almost to Bucky's, guy. Another another couple miles. We'll be at Bucky's. You know, we'll get us some beaver nuggets. We're going to have a good time. We're going to Bucky's. Praise the Lord. And Crystal's like, there's a nice gas station. There's a nice gas station. And all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, no. I said, babe, there's something wrong with the truck. She goes, hmm. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hmm. Whoa. I throw it in neutral. I'm cruising now, just, just cruising on whatever fumes are left. I turn it off, but, but I can still steer it. And I pull over on the side of the road. I'm not sure if you're supposed to say this, but I pulled a pistol out and I handed it to Crystal. I said, you hold this and you don't let anybody in this truck. I'm going to get a bicycle out of the trailer. And I'm going to ride to Bucky's. Kids are in the back. You know, I got, I got pretty, 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 pretty kids, pretty smart kids. They said, we run out of gas. I said, no, something's wrong with the truck. And you know, Crystal, you know, she's a saint, you know. She is a saint. She looks over at me and says, yeah, something's wrong with daddy's truck. I don't know. The gas gauge is broke or something. I don't know. Something wrong with daddy's truck. She looked at him in the back seat. She goes, I mean, he even read the manual. I get that bicycle out of the back. I'm about to do it. I'm giving them all the marching orders. I'm saying, all right, this is, this is, this is how close you can allow somebody to be to the truck. But anybody in this vicinity, I'm going to need you to do something. She's like, all right. I'm making it funny now, but it's a big deal to me. I didn't want to leave my family on the side of the road. Almost got all five bikes out. And we were just going <laughs> to. I mean, I'd had that truck for a while. It's not like I needed it. She just left it. <laughs> Guy pulls up in a loud car. <laughs> Just bragging about how much fuel he's got. He said, you out of gas? 
Crystal goes, <gasps> I said, I said, no, nah, I don't think there's something wrong with Trump. <laughs> he, he said, you want me to take you to the gas station? I said, would you do that? He said, yeah. I said, perfect, takes me to the gas station. I ended up leading him to the Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, but he brings me back to the, to the truck. You know, I got a couple of gallons of gas. It's like a 25 gallon gas tank. And I, and I got a, a couple of gallons of gas in it. And, and that was just enough. All of a sudden the gas gauge started working again. <laughs> truck cranked and went to Bucky's. I was, thank you, Lord. See, I sense his presence, even in just like a, like a moment like this where we're laughing and you know, it really does the heart good to laugh a little bit, but his presence can change you if you'll let it. His presence can change you if you will let him. Let me say it like that. I had fueled up a few days before that, but I used everything I had put in and I didn't put more in. If you're going to go higher, excuse me, if you're going to go deeper in your relationship with God, you're going to have to go higher. You're going to have to stay focused. And you're going to have to fuel yourself up and then constantly refuel. You're going to have to build your faith. And God told us how faith comes. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You don't have to try to hear something that invokes doubt and unbelief. All you got to do is be alive. We used to keep a garden. I hated it. It was nothing but work, but we had one anyway. And we would plant the corn and the kids would want to go out there and look to see if the seed come up. So every day we'd go out there and come up. And then, you know, a couple days in, a little piece would be coming up. They said, oh, look at that. It's coming. I said, that ain't no corn. I said, what's that? I said, that's a weed. Well, how'd the weed get here? You don't have to plant what you don't want to grow, but you do have to plant what you do want to grow. If you're going to go deeper in your relationship with God, there's going to have to be an element of your life where you build your faith and stop blaming anybody around you for your lack of faith. It's not your favorite preacher's fault. It's not your mama's fault. It's not your daddy's fault. It's not your least favorite preacher's fault. It's nobody's fault if you can't feed yourself. Because when you were a baby, you had to be spoon-fed. And that's what happens with babies. But there comes a place in your Christian life where you need to be able to divide the meat of the Word yourself, put it in your own mouth, eat it, and then live off of the meat of the Word of the living God. you got to get that faith in you. Some, some of you need to turn off uh, Fox News or CNN and turn on some Christian podcasts. Some of you need to turn on uh, some of these messages that we've preached here over the years. You need to just feel your faith. You say, well, I've already heard it. Well, great. Aren't you glad the Bible didn't say faith comes by hearing one time? It says it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. The reason Christians aren't walking on water is because we're hearing something one time and thinking we've got it. I've read the scripture a thousand times. Sometimes it takes a thousand times to pick up one little nugget that will change your life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Not something else. Not some other element of the kingdom. It's the word of God that doesn't return void. So you got to get to the place where you say, man, I want to go deeper in God. In 2022, you're in church on the first Sunday of the year. I'm assuming you want to go deeper. If you want to go deeper, step one is you got to go higher. 
What have you gotten complacent with in your life that's just, it doesn't take any effort to elevate past it. Secondly, you got to stay focused. Here's just a couple of things to, to pay attention to when you're focused. You got to make sure that you're not doing something that pacifies your flesh. You know, a pacifier is given to a baby, not because it helps the baby, it just helps you. You give a baby a pacifier, that baby will starve to death in a few days. Only thing a pacifier does is pacify the baby. If you're going to stay focused, you got to make sure you're not pacifying your flesh because he actually told you to crucify your flesh. Is my flesh quiet because I've given it just enough to make it be quiet? Or is my flesh dead because I crucified it? If you want to go deeper, this is what it takes. Then you got to stay fueled. You got to stay filled up. You got to wash out all that stinking thinking that, that just drips on you from life by the washing of the water of the word of the living God. And you let that faith rise up in you. And even when you've got, even when you've got some, you go ahead and fill up a little bit more because you never know when you're going to have to use all the measure that you have. If I'd have known we were going to run out of gas, I would have put a gas tank in the truck. You don't know when you're going to need the extra fuel. 2020 snuck up on us. 2021, we saw a little bit of improvement. 2022, I think we're going to go deeper and we're going to go through, we're going to experience the things of God that we've been prophesying and talking about and that we've read out of our Bible for years and years and years. Not because we decide to roll in the mud with the pigs, but we decide that's not for me anymore. I'm going higher because I want to go deeper. Does this make sense? Just real quickly, close your eyes and bow your head, please. Just for the sake of privacy as much as anything. But if you're here today, maybe you're not right with God. Maybe you've never given your life to Him. Maybe you've never, you've never been born again. The Bible says you can't enter in the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. Or maybe you're like the prodigal son. Maybe you say, you know what, I used to walk strong with God, but something happened. And I, I feel like I've, I've turned my back on God, even if it's just a little bit. And I want to start this year off. I want to start this year off with a fresh commitment to God. I want to recommit my life or I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. And with an uplifted hand, you're just saying, oh, God, remember me. And he really will. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you, hands are already going up. But when I count to three, I just want you to throw that hand up in the air. You're just saying, oh, God, remember me. And he really will. He'll just, he'll write your name in his book. He'll lead you in the way you should go. One Two, don't miss this chance. One, two, three. Lift your hands. Lift them tall. I see that hand. 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 Sometimes I think I should have been an auctioneer. I see that hand. God bless you. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, the whole church, we're going to pray this prayer together. But if you lifted your hand or you wanted to, I want you to pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Say this. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now. On my way to heaven. 
committed to go deeper in my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Those of you who prayed that prayer, I'm so proud of you. It's a great start to the year. You know, the scripture says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. If, you, if you're going to make any change, number one, whatever you know you need to change, you need to do it. But the one big change I could, I could tell you would make the biggest impact in your life is make the house of God a priority. Make hearing the word of God a priority. If you have children, get them in the house of God. If they're under, uh, uh, under your roof, it's not an option whether they go to church. But the hand of God is on you. Things are changing. I sense it very strongly in my spirit. But make the house of God a priority and watch what God does in your life. Can we give God one more hand of praise this morning? Stand to your feet. I'm done teaching. God's doing a great work in our church. He's doing a great work in the lives of the families in our church. And I know that this year we're going to have deeper encounters. I encourage you, if you can, be with us on on our midweek services as well. That's Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. It's one of the... Honestly, best kept secrets in the whole community is what happens right here on Wednesday nights. We get so filled up by his presence and have such great encounters. Uh, for anybody who's been uh, battling a sickness, we just speak health and healing over your life in the name of Jesus. Any person whose family member has been battling an illness, we just speak health and healing over you in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Praise the Lord. Let me pray a blessing on you. We'll be dismissed. Father, I want you to bless your people coming in going out in the city and the field this day and every day in Jesus name if you got one more praise locked up in you come on turn it loose God bless you we'll see you Wednesday I hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do number one subscribe to our show that way the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are and secondly follow us on social media That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.